I think teaching is in my blood. My nana and mother both vividly recall me playing school at our local park. As a young child, I wanted to be a zookeeper, then eventually in the third grade, I settled confidently on being a teacher and stuck to it. I chose what I wanted to do with the rest of my life at eight years old. Teaching is in my family. Many people can also claim this but we often ignore the fact that teaching, clerical work as secretaries, and nursing were historically occupations considered appropriate for women when they began working outside the home. This time teaching ended after my grandmothers got married. For my mother, she completed her student teaching and graduated college but ended up not going into the profession. Now that it's the 21st century, teaching is something many people, still mostly women, can go into thinking it will likely be a lifelong career. I think that's still how I feel. I recently published a piece called The Other Side of Patience that details my journey from idealistic dreamer to reluctant realist. It's not that I've given up on my dreams, but I now have a better understanding of how difficult it is to teach within the current educational system. In case you haven't read The Other Side of Patience, it is pretty long, here's a quick background about me. I completed my student teaching in the spring of 2020. If you think teaching is hard, try doing it virtually. Now add on the stress of also being brand new at teaching, period, and uncertainty about the future, and you have a recipe for anxiety. I was supposed to start the full-time teaching portion of my student teaching semester after spring break. However, unless you've been living under a rock for the past two and a half years, the timing could not have been worse if God personally put a hex on me. My CLEP tests were cancelled, causing me to be 3 gen at credits short of my degree, I had to take an online course over the summer. I finally got my full teaching certification in September, which is not a great month for job prospects. I decided to substitute teach, apparently, I'm crazy, and did three long-term positions with 6th grade literacy, 6th grade geography, and 7th grade honor at law slash geography at three different middle schools in my area. I enjoyed middle school and found a job teaching my certified subject speech and drama at the inner city middle school I had most recently subbed in. I knew it was a rough school based on my experience. I still had significant behavior issues with the honors students, I got a strong impression that the teachers and administration were committed to changing the narrative of the school that often has negative reports from the media and beyond low test scores working with families and children with high levels of socioeconomic need and trauma. I started my first year extremely excited to bring a brand new speech and drama program to the school. Unfortunately, the dream quickly turned into a complete nightmare. I was completely overwhelmed but incredibly disrespectful behavior. Students frequently used slurs and language and were destructive towards themselves, others and property. We rarely went a day without multiple fights in the building. I never received accommodations or modifications lists for SPED students. I once was nearly trampled and was hit by students. Two of my students got arrested during the first nine weeks and so much more. Keep in mind, this is a middle school. A public school, not an alternative school or psychiatric ward. If you want the full details, again, read my post called The Other Side of Patience. In other words, it was way too much for a first-year teacher, even one who had experienced substitute teaching, to possibly handle without adverse effects to my mental and physical health. First, I said I'd wait until the end of the school year. Then, I told myself, just make it to the end of the semester. You can't quit mid-semester. There isn't one singular isolated incident that broke me. Instead, it all just became so overwhelming that I was spending all of my time not at work processing the trauma that was being in that environment. 
I suffer from anxiety and depression and found my mental health spiraling out of control to the point where it was unsafe to continue any longer. The district had a week-long Thanksgiving break, so I put in my two-week notice through a short email, and I spent one more week attempting to survive while counting the days until my nightmare finally ended. I struggled to tell my extended family and everyone who watched me grow up to be a teacher that I quit my teaching job. I thought about telling them I'm negative but the school made me quarantine, but cringed at the thought of me, a grown-ass adult, having to keep up the lies in the spring. It's not that they didn't support me being a teacher, it's that many of these people were teachers back in the day. The profession was completely different when they taught, like, a thing for unmarried women only different. Educational funding has fundamentally changed and the needs of our students have changed. Class sizes have increased, more students than ever before have been diagnosed with various exceptionalities, and people are leaving the profession in droves, but teacher pay and support do not remotely come close to filling in for these gaps in protective factors for teachers and our students. I reached every student is not something I'm particularly interested in sitting through. Many will blame the particular school I taught at and congratulate me for lasting as long as I did at an urban school, but that's another conversation. Despite how challenging my students' behavior often was, every one of them deserves an exceptional education they should be entitled to when they live in a country that is so privileged. Every single one of those families, and all families, cares about their children just like anywhere else. It's not fair that urban lower-income schools get less support when they frankly need it the most. It's not their fault they can't attract teachers with experience who would be a better fit. The fact of the matter is the challenge of this particular school was just not something I was ready for at 23. It is 210% the fault of the system and our dark red government here in Oklahoma where voter suppression and racism are sadly rampant. That's who I blame. Not the families. I was one of the only traditionally certified teachers in the building and unfortunately, this meant that my administration assumed that I didn't need support. My students are unfortunately used to their teachers leaving and we don't have the support to give these students coping skills to be able to handle their triggers and intensive behavioral therapy to work through their trauma instead of acting out. We had one crisis counselor when we needed at least 10. The reason why I and many other new teachers who quit schools or the profession are hesitant to talk about it when they come from a teaching family is that very few people attempt to understand and even fewer actually can. I personally can do without poor, I'm sure well-intentioned, attempts at sympathy. We need empathy if we expect anything to actually change in terms of education. Take teachers seriously. We are not whining and we are not lying about how intensely strenuous this job is, especially during a pandemic, it's not over, by the way, so let's quit pretending like it is. We're giving it everything we have, and we are so burnt out that we are burning down. There is a major generational disconnect in the profession between those who only taught pre-COVID and those who continue teaching during COVID-19, and the generation of teachers coming up that have only taught in COVID-19. These groups of folks are fundamentally different teachers. The profession will never be the same. So let's stop pretending like it is. For more great content, check out at Theatre Mago 1 on Twitter.